0: In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today, we're speaking with Holly, whose son Lawrence was born still at 34 weeks gestation. Holly, welcome to the Grief Stories podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Great. Um, So we usually start by asking um, the guests to tell us the story of loss that brings them to our podcast. Do you mind sharing with us your story of
1: loss? No, I don't mind at all. So um, I guess the beginning or partway through, I suppose, is um, it starts in the summer of 2016, uh, more specifically in August. And I was pregnant, 34 weeks pregnant with our second child. We didn't know uh, the gender. And we would nicknamed the the baby uh, Lawrence. It's actually from our oldest son, Emerson. Um, He came up with the name as a nickname um, because I grew up on the St. Lawrence River and we were like, oh, that's really heartfelt, but that's not a name that we were going to choose. And anyway, so um, one day I, I said to Russ one evening, I said, I haven't felt the baby move a lot. And we sort of tried to piss Lawrence off and sort of get him to move and and there was no reaction and we thought that was really odd But we were already in bed and it was late and we had a midwife appointment the next day so we said we'll just we'll just ask the midwife in the morning and my mom was on holidays and we had I had asked her she'd never been to a midwife appointment and I said you know they might not be that exciting but if you would like to you can come up and you'll be able to hear Lawrence's heartbeat and so she came up that morning and we went to the appointment and I remember going in and I said to her, my wife, I'm like, I haven't felt a lot of movement. And she said a lot or any, and it sort of hit me. And I, she said any actually. So up on the table, had a listen. She was really struggling to find the heartbeat. And she said, you know what? It's just, it's my technology. Let's head up to the hospital. And, um, so, I text Russ because he's at home with Emerson. He was napping. So I dropped my mom off and picked uh, Russ up and off to the hospital. We go. And we're both really agitated and sort of like, well, this is un- unnerving, but everything will be fine because we're going to the hospital. And um, so we get up there and it felt like an eternity to get someone in to properly figure out what was going on. And then finally an OB comes in and turns on the ultrasound machine does a scan and he says, I'm sorry, there was no heartbeat. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm 40, 34 weeks at this point, And I remember not really knowing what to do with this information. I was in complete shock. I remember seeing Russ crying, my husband Russ crying and our midwife had sort of stepped back to give us a moment and it all felt very surreal. And And then realizing what had happened had kicked in and I started to vomit and I'd never experienced that sort of influx of emotion, I guess, so that my body didn't know what else to do other than to vomit. And um, so then goes the process of, well, we have have to get Lawrence out. Right. And um, I remember the OB sort of saying that you can go home and we can induce you in the morning and, that felt like such a long time to me that felt like a foreign idea that there was, there was no one rushing around. There was no one, I wasn't being wheeled down to surgery to get him out, to resuscitate. And there was no, it was so slow. And I remember feeling really shocked by that anyways. And so I was, I'd asked if I could be induced sooner rather than later, because I had Emerson, I'd had a live birth. I know that it doesn't, it's a long process. It can be a long process. So um we came home and we had uh my in-laws were here, my mom was here, and we someone cooked dinner for Emerson, I don't really remember, and I kissed him goodnight and off to the hospital we went. Um so I was super dehydrated uh from crying and not drinking nearly enough water. So going in and being admitted and having to take blood it was this excruciating process and i don't really much remember much from that evening because it was late at night it was 8 p.m. when we were started the process and really kind nursing staff really kind obese everyone was super lovely um but it felt like it was just taking so long and 24 hours later after being admitted in the next day so this is august 11th was the day that he was born and I remember I could feel everything. I'd had an epidural because my emotions were just too too much to handle the emotional pain as well as the physical pain. And um, it came time to push. And when he was born, I remember, I wanted to know if it was a boy or a girl. And the only thing that and we found out that he was a boy. And the only thing that fit his face was Lawrence. So it felt so right to call him that. But I remember holding him and tears are streaming down my face onto him. And I looked over and I saw one of our nurses who was crying. And Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, thank you. Right? Like this, this is terrible. This whole process, everyone was so kind and so lovely, but there was this that Russ and I seemed to be the only ones crying or showing really much emotion. And that felt so surreal Uh Um, that, so it was really nice to see this nurse cry. I remember thanking her for that couple years later but um so we we spent time with him we had um a photographer for now I Lay me down to sleep come in and take photos Mm -hmm. even though at first I didn't want that I didn't think that that would be something that I would want and I'm I'm kind of glad that the hospital ignored my I guess opposition at first and I'm so I'm really glad that they ignored that and they they still came in and they asked me again would you like photos after he was born and I said yes so at this point he was already here and it, it was so nice that that was uh-huh. That they listened, or they didn't listen. Basically, uh-huh. that they knew that, they, that this yeah, was a good. Yeah, they went ahead yeah. with
0: it because, yeah, it it's um that's one of the really tricky parts. It feels so yeah. wrong, and yet that's your tangible uh,
1: yeah.
0: evidence that he was here and beautiful and perfect.
1: Yeah, it was it was so nice to to be able to spend spend time with him. We had we were the first recipient at our hospital to use a cuddle cot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and it, it, truly, it was all the pain and the beauty rolled into a ball, right? Of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the most traumatic days of my life. And yeah. I'm still holding him, right? It was, yeah. yeah.
0: And and I think, you know, in those moments um, that uh, the tragedy is all you can see and feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's, it's the time that's passed that's allowed you to hold space for the beauty of that moment as well, Absolutely. right? Yeah. I'm holding him
1: yeah. And I mean, it's so interesting this morning in, in preparing to talk, like I I'd, I'd had a big cry this morning and sort of reviewed and sort of went over it all in my head. So mm-hmm. that was, it was so therapeutic for people to, you know, have, have a moment to do it. I mean, like it's almost four years and it's still really painful. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, such a, it's,
0: you know, it was, it's a, it was a life-changing event, right? Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. So in your grief over mm-hmm. Lawrence's death what have been some of the challenges you've faced what have been some of the hardest parts of grieving for Lawrence
1: well I think one of the hardest parts that I remember being in the hospital and he wasn't born yet and I said to to my wives or to anyone I'm like how are we gonna get Emerson through this as unscathed as possible right And, and that was where a lot of my energy went Um, I knew, I'd known of some women who had had stillbirths, but I didn't know of anyone that had older children. Mm -hmm. I really, so much of my energy went into talking with people about like, what are we going to do and how how are we going to talk about this with him and language with him? And, um, we didn't really know how to grieve ourselves. So it was trying to find a way that was a safe place for him to, as well,
0: to do that. Um,
1: So that was one of my challenges for sure. Um, The second challenge, I think it's creating my own path for grief. It's grief is exhausting Uh and there's not a one size fits all. There's not a, um, a path that I can follow that someone else has, you know, navigated for me. I've, I can try out their path and their road, but it ultimately is my own and that can feel so exhausting that was a challenge was just being true to myself and allowing myself to feel that it was, I was exhausted into my bones basically, Mm -mm. I think. And that was, that was one of the challenges that there isn't a way to get through it other than just plugging your head.
0: Right. Mm And that's, and that's hard. Yeah. You have this shocking tragedy that happens Mm -hmm. when your baby dies and Mm -hmm. you deliver your baby still. Mm-hmm. You have this adjustment, you have this worry for your older child, who's young yet, and h- how to navigate this grief with him. Um, yeah. And then your own path to forge, because no matter what other people think or do, you have to find your way through this grief. And the grief grips you in such a way that, you know, it it literally makes you vomit.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It
0: exhausts you.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and it worries you.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's a challenge like I've never faced before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So what were some of the things that helped you in coping with this grief over the last, you know, almost four years?
1: Well, it's, it's taken a lot of different shapes as time chugs ahead. Right. And um, so with Emerson, so trying to figure out how to help him um, I'm a, I'm a book person and trying to find books to Explain loss for him. There was a couple of really good ones out there um, that explain the immediate loss, and uh-huh. there wasn't one that I wanted to read at bedtime, or to read day in day out, and there wasn't one that explained to Emerson where he is sitting currently. And <laughs> the, like I mean, there's there's ones that explained exactly like what had happened, and but that doesn't <laughs> really give him a place in the grief now, and so I um. I wrote a children's book and um, I had a local illustrator um, obviously do the images for it. And it's called a big brother to an angel.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: it's all about ways that he can grieve and he can find his own footing in his own journey. Um, and the, the test copy, I had it in my hands for his, for Lawrence's first birthday. So, I mean, that was a year months obviously of trying to find something for him and coming up short and mm-hmm. so then trying to find another way to articulate what we're doing and the language that we use in our house and and so then emerson has a tangible something in his own hands mm-hmm. to find his own place so that was so that helped me cope because it, it gave me something productive to do as well as uh-huh. him, which is yeah
0: right? that mm-hmm. task orientation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like finding an action you can take that helps mm-hmm. you address your worry head on, mm-hmm. ha- helps you give your child something that will help him address his fears and worries and thoughts. Absolutely, Yeah. You know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, having something that's a beautiful product. And I've seen the book, mm-hmm. you know, Big Brother to an Angel and the companion book, Big Sister to an Angel are yeah. beautiful pieces of art that are out there now.
1: That was that was a big one that took a, like a year to create. Um, um, but other things that helped me obviously talking, I mean, I've talked counselors and social workers and psychiatrists, like I would try it all. I would talk and talk. Uh And then I knew, um, that that was important for me to Uh talk it out. But I also, there was sometimes where I couldn't talk anymore and there was, it's such a cellular level of grief that I Uh knew that, there needed to be another outlet. There needed to be something else. And I, um, I got into Reiki. And um, I got myself a f- my first degree certification okay. in Reiki just to work on my own energy. Um, walking, a lot of fresh air really okay. helped me. Even if it was a slow, drag-my-feet walk, even if I had to sit down, it was outside breathing fresh air. It, it still is something that I go to.
0: Yeah. Now so, in my
1: healing. So,
0: I mean, aside from talking it out, also looking after your body and your energy, yeah. really,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. giving yourself some um, nurturing that way, you mm-hmm. know, Get it, getting outside in nature, breathing fresh air, moving your feet, um, yeah. moving your body. Those are really valuable ways of just keeping on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some days, like I said, it would be a drag my feet walk, but mm-hmm. still getting mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were and still think, moving. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think I think one of the something else that I mean a lot of really great people sort of reminded me of this that it's and it still is true at whatever phase you are in, whatever level you are in your journey of grief, allowing myself the grace to still have bad days to not um to not put myself down that uh-huh. that this is hard that I'm I'm allowed to sit with my grief and and I don't need to shoo it away uh-huh. um that's yeah that's kind of a big one to help me cope but just give myself the grace to do it because it's so I feel like we're so programmed to not like just to get over it and be better and it's hard it's 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 next to impossible to do, to ignore it. So allowing myself to be like, you know what? This is, this is a bad one. This is like the waves of grief, right? I got to mm-hmm. brace myself for this one. I'm going to let this one hit me. And it's, and it's okay.
0: Yeah. And to know that you don't have to hurry through it is a real mm-hmm. gift,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, that, sure.
0: that sense that you have the time you need to do the grieving you need. Nobody can hurry you through it. You can do mm-hmm. it in your own way, in your own time. Because really there's no other choice no matter what the people think who would like you to hurry it along. No. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, it's, you've had quite a few things to draw on to help mm-hmm. you cope with the grief, right? Yeah. And what I wonder is if we were to talk about sort of what does it mean to grieve? What is grief? You know, have you given some thought to that as you've gone through this journey is, has it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember like, reading about it and, and sort of seeing this sort of pop up time and time again. And it's taken a while to, to understand it. But I think, well, not think, I know that grief is really just a shape of love <laughs> that if love didn't exist, then I wouldn't be grieving. Right? Like, so <laughs> because I had such an intense love for Lawrence, like carrying him for 34 weeks, birthing him, holding him, like he's still my son um, it's just a new shape of love. And it was sort of explained to me by someone super wise, um, that it's how I parent him. Uh
0: Um,
1: and it can be, that can also be grieving, but it's also love. So they're sort of, they're so intertwined and Uh I think it's just truly, it's, it's just another shape that love can take on.
0: Beautiful. Yeah.
1: There's, There's been another way
0: that you've sort of been bringing forward into the world, your experience and helping others through what you have learned in mm-hmm. this grief journey. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk
1: a little bit about some of the things you're doing in the community? Absolutely. So I volunteer for the pale organization, the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Network, and because um, I reached out to them and I had fantastic support by phone support. Mm-hmm. And so I've... You have to be two years out from your experience. So I reached out and did training. So I do phone support. Um, there is an online option as well, but I do run. Um, there's an in-person circle of support group for bereaved parents too. So yeah, yes. it feels, it feels really nice. Cause I know I went to a fantastic group and. Yeah. yeah. And
0: so that ability to, to kind of offer people some insight and just be present with them as they walk through their experience, mm-hmm. um, is also helping you, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's so, it, it, a lot of loss in a variety of forms can, can feel so isolating and, um, babies dying is not something that people want to talk about. So it can feel even more isolating. Mm-hmm. So, and in a small town, it's nice to have supports there that you can feel like this is okay. This is,
0: uh-huh.
1: this is normal. Like I'm the feeling, yeah. the things that I'm feeling, this is okay. I'm validate, right. I'm yeah. being validated is half the battle.
0: That's right. It gives you mm-hmm. a safe, a safe space to talk about what nobody wants to talk about.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. I'm glad you're able to do that. I know that, I know that it'll be a benefit to other parents in the community who have Absolutely. that need so Mm -hmm. thank you yeah so thank you for joining us today and sharing your story of lawrence and um and uh the things that have helped you cope with the challenges grieving him has brought in your life
1: thank you very much for having me
0: thank you for listening to the grief stories podcast i'm your host maureen pollard Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.